Welcome to another episode of Peers Over Beers, your favorite digital and social evangelist podcast with your industry veteran hosts, Chris Tetzel. This podcast starts now. Here we go. So welcome everyone to another Peers Over Beers. I'm Chris Tetzel and I have a special guest, Erica Moss. Erica, how are you? Why don't you do this? Introduce yourself title where you work all that kind of stuff is that fair that sounds great chris (laughs) (laughs) um i am erica moss i am currently the principal marketing manager uh for community at hubspot uh which is a new role for me uh exciting times i'm sure we'll get into that a little bit later but yeah i'm a community nerd i eat sleep and breathe it and i'm excited for for our conversation today Awesome. Wow. You know, that's, that's a different role. I've never, I mean, a principal marketing manager of communities or whatever. That's, yeah. that's interesting. I, I love it. What, <laughs> uh, what brought up that title? Like <laughs> it was, it was a newer one for me as well, but I kind of like it because it sort of speaks to the leveling up of community, right? <laughs> you know, we, we kind of all started in this community manager um, role, but as we move into other parts of the business, we become very strategic. Mm. I think it makes sense. So I think we've seen a lot of diversity, um, in the roles that are popping up in community. And for someone like me, who's been in it for a while, that is wildly exciting. (laughs) It is wildly exciting. What is, what is, um, can you talk a little bit more about that role and, and, and kind of like, what's so exciting about it? Because I'm intrigued. Yeah, I think what appealed to me initially about it is that it kind of felt like I could choose my own adventure Hmm. in terms of like the projects that I could chase after when I was in it. So um, we had like a few like um, buckets, I guess, that we were going to have me focus on. So, for example, Academy, that Mm -hmm. is a huge focus at HubSpot. Before I ever came to HubSpot, I heard about the Academy and how dynamic and wonderful these courses are and how many people were sort of like chasing those certifications, right? Like if you are in inbound, if you're in marketing, if you're in social media, like having that little like feather in your cap, that HubSpot certification meant a lot. So um, how do we activate those folks? How do we keep those folks excited about Academy and certifications um, throughout, throughout their journey. And so I knew that was going to be a big part of the bucket, but it's also about these other folks that we're trying to reach, um, through HubSpot, right. And you and I talked a little bit about kind of micro communities and, and meeting people where they are, but I think that's going to be a big part of this role as well. Yeah. I love, so I want to say a few things because I think, uh, you know, the way Relteo, we have our community set up today is a very, uh, you know, product centric, you know, here's how you use the product. Here's what you do. And I think that's a very important piece and it goes very well with Academy support and even, you know, product, uh, specific, you know, uh, so I I like that and I'm intrigued because I've been trying to work with our Academy team in a big way or bigger way. I'm a one person team at the moment, but you know, that's going to have to change if we want to do all this stuff, but do think there's huge opportunity there in Academy. Um, love that. Maybe we can dive into that a little. But <laughs> sure. Uh, um, well, there's such synergies, right? Like I had Allison uh, Boudreaux on. Uh, I don't know if you know who she is, but she's at Calix. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah, and, and so she she leads both academy and community, and they work together, you know, and and so there's a huge, but there's just a huge connection there on those yes. type of communities, right? So I mean, makes sense. And then two though, which is a little bit more intriguing, just because I'm trying to embark on this journey, um, is kind of these micro communities uh, that you're talking about, and for me is is there's kind of been this shift of thinking for me and and even there's a huge appetite at Reltio to kind of think um, bigger or differently when you think about um, who the community really is. When you think of community-led, I think of, you know, bringing people in that aren't necessarily using your product. I mean, they could, but the topics that you cover within the community could be more, rather than talk about Reltio, talk about the space, you know, that maybe Reltio is in like master data management or data governance or data quality or, you know, uh, the data catalogs and, and how people are setting these up, what that looks like from scratch, what that looks like. And, you know, what is the security, you know, what kind of problems are you trying to solve with yes. that? And, and, and I, you know, one of the rules that I started telling my leaders, like the leaders at Reltio that are going to be in this space, is when we start talking about it, the first rule of, you know, uh, of, of our little journey here is not to talk about Reltio, is to talk about the space that we play in, but more along the lines of the problems and business outcomes that these customers have at the end of the day. And that's where I think the bigger opportunity is from a community standpoint, not to say that, that this, you know, uh, technical community isn't important because it's highly important to help. Yes with a bunch of stuff, but also how do you get the bigger picture? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're talking to the queen of like community of product, like obviously prior to HubSpot, I was at Atlassian and that was the meat and potatoes, right? Like so many products, ecosystem of humans who are interested in it, um, very Q and A based, but then we started making that transition, that evolution. Right. And it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen because you've hmm. published a few pieces of content, no, you know, and you just kind of check that box. it's long-term. And so I think that's very much kind of our mindset at HubSpot too, to your point, like how do we make it bigger than us and create a space where all the cool kids want to hang out, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I think that, you know, when I start thinking about how to do that and, and I want your take, but I'll give you mine only to give you a chance to, to react and then give yeah. me your opinion. So um, the way I've kind of been thinking about this and we won't talk about Academy today, but um, because I want to, because I'm way more interested in, in this, this topic. And I think it's probably a potential love that you're going to have to adopt and probably want to go after. Um, today we have a Realtio executive council, which I'm ahead of, right? So it's um, our, leaders within like our CIOs, there's some CDOs, you know, chief data officers, VPs of IT, VPs, you know, and they really help kind of guide us with our roadmap and things like that. I'm sure you guys have done that at Atlassian, probably do that at HubSpot, uh, but I also own our community space. So our online community space that, you know, we, we talked about. Yep. The thing is um, when you start looking at the executive council, but you also look at influencers within the space, and uh, not just influencers, but, you know, other companies that, you know, have chief data officers or CIOs or whatever, yeah. um, there's an opportunity to really start kind of 
getting those people engaged and involved, right? You know, you know, it could be through uh, webinar programs, you know, webinar type program. It could be, you know, Q and A webinar. It could be podcast. It could be um, on-site kind of focus groups with five, 10, 15 people. And, you know, you have a speaker come up and then just guide the conversation. So there's, there's literally 10 different things that you can go do uh, to do that. And then from that funnel, this is what I would do. It's what I'm thinking about doing is funnel those programs. You can't do them all, but you know, you pick one or two that you can really do well, funnel that and con- create content that helps, you know, helps with that. So if it's Q and a, those, that, those are easy, right? You know, it's like, yep. you know, you're talking to Chris Detzel, the moderator, and then the CIO of whatever, you know, and then you have all these questions, boom, you can push that out into a nice little blog and then you can quit, create quick hit videos that, you know, just says the question, you know, and makes it look pretty good podcast, you can push it into podcast. I mean, there's a lot of shit that you can do at the yep. end of the day, you know, to really start. It's, it's exactly what I do today, honestly, but, but I do it on the technical community. Like, why not do this shit at the higher level? You know what I mean? Like, this yes. is where it's going to also make a huge impact. So that's my thinking. Any thoughts, concerns? Yeah. Uh, when you said that, the word like flywheel just kind of popped into my brain. And mm-hmm. I know that's kind of like a buzzword that a lot of different folks use for different uh, situations, but that's how it works. That's how it builds. Like when I think of really great programs, I think of the Atlassian Authors Program, which was uh, created and built by Bridget Sauer, my former uh, colleague at Atlassian, who is brilliant and I love her, but it was so simple, but it was so brilliant. So it's an author's program. You have to hit a certain level in the community to be invited into this, you know, uh, sort of membership. And then she would give a prompt every month. And sometimes the prompt had something to do with Atlassian products. Sometimes it didn't. But when you do that, you kind of open up the possibilities. You get folks thinking about things in different ways. She could then take the content that was being created by these folks back to the product teams and say like, hey, this is what we're hearing. This is what folks are saying. Um, And yeah, you just kind of like snowball it in that way. And it like, to your point, just becomes all of these different types of content, creates this feedback loop and makes everyone happy. You know, it's it's really powerful. Yeah, I think so. I think that flywheel has been used for a long time. And I I think that the first time I ever heard it is when I worked at Forrester Research from George Colony. He's talking about this flywheel. I, I really didn't know what he was talking about at first. And then finally, I was like, what is a flywheel? <laughs> like, well, it's a thing that's really hard to move. But once you yeah. start moving it slowly, but surely, you know, it starts to move and then it starts to yeah. go. You know, um, most people know what a flywheel is, but, you know, I was just very naive and just didn't read a lot. <laughs> so, so somebody had to explain it. My wife, right. I always have to ask her about some of these big words, like, what does that mean? Because I've never <laughs> used that in a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> totally fair. Totally fair. <laughs> so um, is that some of the things that you're thinking about? Like is, I mean, look, you're really new to HubSpot. And so, you know, it, what do you feel like, you know, the p- potential is all over the place. So yes, I mean, you've got to kind of hone in on that, you know, and, and focus in on, you know, something. What is and that? I, that's, that's totally the challenge right now because, there is so much runway, there is so much possibility. So, you know, I don't want to dive into 20 different projects that I'm not doing particularly well. Like I really want to see like what's going to have the most impact and then sort of chase 
you know, those three or four things. So again, Academy is definitely one of those bright, shiny um, opportunities, but we've got all these different, you know, humans who are in our community, right? And so I just want to really make sure that we're meeting them where they are, whether they're thinking about using HubSpot, have been loving it and using it for years, or again, folks who like have heard about HubSpot, think it's cool or whatever, but aren't necessarily using it, yep. but want to be a part of something bigger, you know, the, the thought leadership stuff that we were referring to. So whether that is AMAs, whether that is, you know, virtual events where we're kind of bringing folks together under like topic-based um, meetups and sessions or what have you, like, that's what I kind of need to figure out, like what that, that special sauce is. But um, yeah, that's why it's like terrifying and exciting <laughs> to be in this role right now because the sky is truly the limit. You're going to do amazing. Um, <laughs> Thank no, you. I really, I really believe that. I think, you know, you'll get your hands on it and figure it out. Do you think, and so we might get a little bit tactical here because, yeah, you know, uh, sometimes I think tactics really help people to think, oh, what can I go do? All right. I have this event strategy or I have this whatever strategy. Um, as you kind of look at, um, well, let me give you a little thing my CEO said the other day. And, and I think this will kind of, and I've been saying this the last couple of episodes, but love your take. So. We hadn't asked me anything with our CTO and founder on the community, and um, all the questions came directly, and it was live. I, I love to do these things live because you know yeah. it gives people to, a chance to engage. But you're, you get the questions beforehand because the problem is you get a live session like that and nobody says anything. You get your CTO and founder on there, and it's like they didn't say anything, you know. So you you just make and I did it. You know, I sent out a, a message to everybody on the community and probably got twenty plus questions uh, and a lot. And then once you start getting those questions going, people will start, then it flows into the comments yeah. and everything else. And so, um, so anyways, we had maybe 105 or 10 uh, people on the AMA um, and 60% of those were employees. Remember, uh, or look, we have a lot of new employees that are very yes. interested in what Manish has to say, because he is the thought leader of all things and data management and mess, you know, um, but you know, 50 or so of those were, um, you know, customers, partners, and prospects. And so, you know, so I, so my CEO, you know, was like, hey, Chris, how, how many people are on there? And, and versus, you know, how many are employees and stuff like that? And I told him, so I said, it's this mix and, you know, it's pretty good. He goes, yeah. I see that. He goes, I see that differently. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, of course you do. Um, <laughs> and he goes, and it's a good, he gets, he gets you thinking, right? Like it's, it's, it's more of, it's too many employees, right? And he goes, community should be a marketing machine, right? And it should be having hundreds of events and thousands of non-employees showing up to these events. So I was like, all right. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> so the thought was, so I got a call with them that I had this week actually. And I said, Hey, um, I'm not sure how to do that. <laughs> so help me, you know, just, that's the fun of it, Chris, you know, that that's kind of the fun of, you're not knowing how to do something because you need to think. So you're really good at, you know, the things that you know and pushing and getting it done. He goes, I love that about you, but how do you think outside of the box, you know, and how do yeah. you think outside of the you know, things that you're not used to doing, you know, and, and, you know, I think that's what he wants, but it got me thinking about maybe it was more the tactical things. And where do you go first? If you think of events, right? Like it's certainly for me that I'm really good at is, you know, virtual webinars, you know, sure. or whatever. So that's going to be one, but 
you know, when you, when you start looking at uh, Atlassian or you start looking at even like, I don't know if you know, CMX, I mean, yeah. some of these folks have done a really good job of just giving them the, the, giving their users the, this kind of access, if you will, to yep. allow them to go out and do events on their behalf. Right. And I'm like, I want to go do that. How do I do that? <laughs> like, yeah. I think it's like, how do I get people to have events on RELTO's behalf and that I don't have to be at every event? I'll, I'll go to some of them, you know, just to kind of get it going and things like that. But any thoughts on how, <laughs> you know, like, how do you build something like that? Because I do I mean, think there's a key and opportunity there. How much time do we have? Like, <laughs> That was, you know, kind of the bread and butter of what I did at Atlassian. And we were very privileged in that our events program kind of started organically, where we just had Atlassian enthusiasts, you know, meeting in Virginia just to talk about best practices and to talk about our products. And so eventually we got smart and we're like, we should probably harness this, give these folks some resources, give these folks some attention um, you know, internally. And so that's when you see us kind of wrap a lot of process and, uh, whatnot around that program, but it's not easy because these folks are committing to doing these things outside of their nine to five. And when you're living in a global pandemic, you have so many competing priorities, (laughs) so many other things that you could be doing with your time. Like, as a community leader, as someone who is, you know, wrangling and helping these folks, you want to kind of do a delicate dance between providing them support, but like not asking too much of them. And so we always kind of tried to strike that balance and make sure that sort of the perks and rewards that we were throwing their way, like reflected the value that they were bringing, because, you know, to your point, they are in the wild, they're championing your brand doing all of this work on your behalf. So like, <laughs> what can we do to kind of, to kind of make it worth their while? And I think you start, you know, with your biggest champions. I think you look at your customer base and say, okay, who's super extroverted, who's already, you know, sort of sounding the horn for us. And would this be a good fit for them? Would they mm-hmm. glean any value out of that? And, you know, like I said, make sure you've got a lot of support systems in place. Like you got to hand them the content. You got to give them some type of roadmap or like place to start with these things. Because if you just say like, Hey, we want you to be an events leader, like have fun with it. Like, I don't know. I don't know. The outcome is going to be exactly what you're kind of a process. Like, are you talking about like, all right, so we want you to become this events leader for us, you know, and here's, here's what we need you for you to do. It's like step one, you know, invite your friends. Step two, yep. you know, uh, we'll help with a place or, you know, you can pick a place. Maybe it's yep. at your whatever. Step three is you want to make sure you have dinner or lunch or whatever. We'll help sponsor that. We'll give you some swag. And then, you know, is that what you mean? Like by putting that process and, you know, spelling it out and just saying here, are you interested? That's- A hundred percent what I mean. And a big chunk of sort of that like resource, that toolkit um, Mm -hmm. at Atlassian was providing speakers from our internal teams and sort of, you know, me as the ambassador program manager being like the liaison there. So if someone comes to me and they're like, hey, I think my members really want to learn a little bit more about uh, templates in Confluence. Mm -hmm. Like, who do you have on your side 
that is really energetic, you know, is a, is a product mm-hmm. expert and can kind of speak to those um, nuances in the product. And so that was a way that we helped folks keep content very fresh um, and dynamic in some of these events. But the pivot to virtual events, when you are used to a very like healthy in-person program was not an easy thing. And I think even when I left Atlassian, we were still trying to figure out what that looks like, because you can't just necessarily take something that used to happen in person and put it in a Zoom and expect to have it feel as magical or as impactful. And so that was- and that was kind of a moving target. It's really difficult. Yeah. Like, um, and, and I could be wrong because there's a lot of different types of virtual events you can do. As you know, you know better than I do. Right. But, uh, and I could promise you that because that's what you live. Um, <laughs> but, you know, to me, the most effective virtual events have been more of the, you know, this. So again, this technical community is, we'll go deep in this product, we'll do these things, this thing's live. So if you have any questions, just pop them off. Chris Detzel will moderate it. Yep. I'll ask that speaker those questions and things like that. It doesn't necessarily have to be somebody from the, the company, but it needs to be somebody, right? Like better if it's actually a customer or something, but um, you know, and, and, and what I hear you say, well, you could also do, you know, just virtual meetups, you know, which, totally. which I think, if done right, those are kind of good, you know, but I could do my own virtual meetup these days. I don't need Elassian or Greltio, you know, I just don't, you know, 100%. And, and that's a little harder, you know, t- I think to do, <clears throat> not to say I wouldn't do something like that, but you know, it's, you might get five or seven people, which might be enough, you know, it's okay. Yeah. Um, and then when I think of on-site events, I love that. And that, cause that's what my thinking was when I was at Forrester Research, what I used to do was, it was kind of nice because I'd have an analyst that was super smart. So I just picked a smart analyst that I knew that covered a particular topic, you know, and say, Michelle, let's, uh, let's go see these 10 clients in two days. We'll fly to Sacramento. We'll fly to yep. whatever. We'll also have a, a, a lunch and learn steak dinner, you know, for all these people, five, 10 people show up, you know, and boom, 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 boom. I can hit that. But, you know, eventually I got tired, you know, I can't, but that was effective, um, but then how do you turn that more into, you know, once you do some of that, getting those people to do that shit, <laughs> you know, yeah. those customers and stuff like that. So I don't yeah. know. I mean, that's, that's what it sounds like you sort of did to some degree. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, it's so challenging to maintain that innovation and maintain that creativity. Mm-hmm. What I will say, the beauty of virtual events is that it sort of democratized who could attend what event? So before, if we were holding an in-person meeting at the, you know, Denver uh, with the Denver crew, that meant only folks in Denver could show up if they were interested in that topic. But you take that virtual and it's like, okay, this event's happening in Denver, but I'm in New York, but like, I really want to hear that um, product Mm -hmm. expert speak or whatever. So I can just log in because it's, you know, a, a friendly time zone. And, and so we did start to see a lot of like kind of cross-pollination um, in a way that we had never seen before, which was a wonderful knowledge sharing, you know, type exercise. So that, that was definitely a positive that came out of, out of the situation. I feel like uh, events are starting to open up, you know, people are starting to, I mean, I've, I've, 
think I've seen four or five of them just in the last that aren't virtual just in the last, yeah. uh, you know, couple of months. So that's a positive thing. So I think we could start doing some of that. I'm going to try to start maybe in September or August. You can't really do anything, but certainly <laughs> September would be ideal is to do two or three events that are just focused on a small group of five or 10 people. But, but you're right. I mean, if you have an expert doing, doing that, I mean, now they have access the way I kind of look at it today and, you know, when I was when I first got here, nobody had access to the product managers. Nobody had access to the PS team. Nobody had access to, you know, these really smart people that knew yep. the product inside and out. You know, and community made that happen. At the end yep. of the day, like we had over forty-two webinars uh, in the la- in one year, which is I did every single one of them, right? You know, and so, uh, and and we went deep mostly into the product. We had some ask me anything's with uh, our CTO and. Uh, funny enough is my last webinar I did with the product manager, it just turned into an AMA. Like it was just, people totally. just wanted to, they, they want to go deep, but then they're like, have all these questions about this core piece of the product. And I was like, it's great. I mean, some of the answers, we, we didn't have all the answers, but it was like, I mean, this is great. I just uh, start feeding uh, the community that like I push the content back out, you know, like I'll record oh, it, yeah. it up and you know, just, you know, over time, you know, you know how that goes with the, but I'm curious to kind of uh, get your thoughts around the, the on-site stuff, you know, because I feel like the virtual is here to stay forever, you know, there's got to be some kind of that and because, because the access and things. So there, there's that, which I yep. feel like say I'm mastered, but I feel like, you know, I've got a handle on that, but the other stuff that, you know, people do want to meet. People yes. do want to have these things. And so where do you start there? What do you do? I mean, maybe you guys are already doing some of that or thinking about it already, but. Yeah, it's, you know, hybrid is the name of the game right now. I think we saw that I was kind of exiting Atlassian as they were getting ready to host their big user conference called team. And it was kind of the best of both worlds, right? So we had kind of limited capacity in person, you know, in Vegas for those folks who have been chomping at the bit for the past, you know, two years or so to really meet, you know, their peers and their fellow leaders in person. And so we had that experience for them. I saw the pictures, it looked like it went swimmingly. So I think everyone had a great time. But then in tandem with that, you have kind of the digital programming. So you can get the keynotes online, Um, For our leaders who were like kind Mm. of our ambassadors, our, you know, Atlassian champions, we had some very specific um, content and programming that we were planning for them the week after team. So a lot of our folks in EMEA and APAC, they like couldn't, you know, make make the trip to Vegas, but that doesn't mean that we should leave them, (laughs) you know, high and dry, like, sorry, you know, best of luck to you. Like, no, we want to still create a personalized, tailored experience for you. And so that was kind of, you know, obviously a learning process as we were uh, building that. And that programming was a combination of like, to our, to what we've been talking about here, like very specific product stuff, but some of it was just pure networking, um, a digital escape room, just stuff that's kind of like building blocks for them to maybe be in the room with folks that they haven't been privy to or had access to, or hadn't had a chance to meet. And so- That's what I think we're doing right now, kind of in tandem. I think um, inbound for HubSpot is going to take kind of a similar hybrid approach. So 
it's fascinating to watch, right? It's a very interesting time <laughs> to be it doing is. what we're doing, especially if you touch, you know, events in any way. Yeah, I feel like when we do a big event, I'm going to be the center and focus on getting like together, which, you know, I'm not the most organized person. <laughs> so there'll have to be some organized people behind me to, to really kind of build the processes and everything else. I mean, it's going to be a team thing, right? You know, it's, it's not going to just be me, but. It's an all hands on deck thing. It's it yeah. Every, everyone in a room. Um, and what Atlassian too was doing was um, kind of experimenting with regional events. So again, mm -hmm. maybe you can't go to Vegas, but let's get the New York chapter, you know, in a room, let's, you know, stream the keynote, let's have a couple of speakers and you still kind of like maintain that momentum and, and keep that sense of community, even if you can't go to the big, you know, in-person uh, celebration. So that, that was cool to see as well. How do you kind of manage? So if you're doing these regional events, I mean, how do you, these people have day jobs that they have to go do like, internally, like, and so how do you manage that? And just it's like, Hey dude, that's what we're doing for the next two months or it, month, week, two weeks, whatever it is. It was a behemoth, but much like everything that touched community at Atlassian, we co-created everything with our leaders. And so when that idea kind of like first came to pass, we brought the chapter leaders in like from the jump and we were like, this is what we're thinking does this make sense for you? Does this make sense for your chapter? Here's kind of like the resources that we can bring to the table. Um, and a lot of the onus was on us to kind of yep. work through the programming, you know, booking the venue, making sure the tech was where it needed to be and all of that, but bringing them along for the ride and making sure that, <laughs> you know, it's a structure and a framework that's even going to work for, you know, these individual chapters was, was paramount to, to its success for sure. When you think, let's think of internal, uh, resources that it takes, you know, to do these. So if you're getting PMs and those kind of people, you know, to do this, I mean, again, they have day jobs that, totally. uh, you know, and, and there, and it takes a lot of time, obviously from you, uh, and then others to really, it is. so I think events have to be a key kind of strategic focus, you know, that is for the company, especially something as someone as big as Atlassian. Yeah. Um, but there are more resources, I assume, <laughs> you know, <laughs> a few everybody, more, yeah. <laughs> everybody has, you know, issues with resources, right. You know, it's just, it doesn't matter how big a company you are. Um, uh, what, what was that? How is that like? I mean, it, people just kind of assume, all right, well, you know, that's what I got to do for the next two months is all this stuff. And then somebody's going to be managing it behind the scenes. Like Eric is going to be like, I got to have this person doing this. Oh my God, this thing's happening. You know, I mean, I'm sure there's some crazy stories. Maybe I mean, tell, but. yeah, crazy stories for sure. Atlassian has a wonderful events team uh -huh. that obviously like their entire, um, you know, North Star is team and, you know, setting up yep. these regional events for success. But there was, like I said, certainly some some onus on members of the community team to, you know, put this thing together. And yep. it, if you know anything about event planning, you have to be really obsessed with the details. You know, you have to be on top of deadlines, you know, to your point, kind of wrangling those internal teammates and making sure that they see the value in it. I will say on the whole, all internal folks at Atlassian, like, well, not all, I guess I can't speak for all of them, but many of them see the value in community. Yeah. You know, they love meeting folks face-to-face -face who are in these tools, you know, every single day because, 
customer feedback was was just paramount. And so community is obviously one of the best uh, levers for that. So we didn't we didn't have to twist many arms to get folks to (laughs) participate virtually or, you know, like I said, at these regional events, like they were they were always really wonderful about that. But that's, you know, an an evergreen process, you know, educating internal folks about why that's exciting, why they should care. And, you know, obviously some are going to be more along for the ride than others, but that's, that's on us to make sure we, we explain that. What did I miss? Anything I missed around kind of this thought leadership events, uh, kind of stuff that you wanted to talk about? Oh gosh. Um, I will say that it was really wonderful and fun to watch at Atlassian specifically, our leaders sort of rise to the occasion and get creative when it came to formats for these types of events, the type of humans that they were bringing in as like speakers. Um, For example, Fabian, um, one of my uh, very beloved leaders that I used to work very closely with, he brought in like a celebrity chef for one of his sessions. And she taught folks how to make this, you know, wonderful dessert platter. And that doesn't, that format doesn't work for every chapter, right? Like I had kind of mentioned that to our New York chapter. I was like, oh, Fabian's over here doing this. And they're like, that sounds lovely, but that like doesn't translate for us. Like our folks are very technical and they want to show up and hear from someone, you know, at Atlassian, they want to know how to like level up. And so, I don't know, it was just really wonderful to see that creativity and that innovation. And I think that will obviously continue moving forward until we figure out what the silver bullet for this <laughs> event is there really is. ever a silver <sighs> bullet? I don't know, but well, that's interesting. So I am the chapters are just kind of these regionalized areas that would do virtual events, but all, sometimes on site. But with COVID, not so many on site. Exactly. So he brought in to one of these chapters a virtual chef that taught them how to cook some stuff. Now, did y'all send out all the ingredients and all that stuff to these people, or how did that work? That's a part of it too, is certainly like in advance of the meeting, like, are we sending the folks, you know, the supplies they need to actually like recreate this at home. And so that's when budget certainly comes into play. Um, When we were in person, we always gave folks um, a budget per person anyway. And so in a virtual setting, if you want to be creative and use that for a celebrity chef and their time and, you know, sending out ingredients to folks like, Okay. We, were, we were happy to pivot and be nimble, you know, right along with them. So that's kind of how that played out. Yeah. Jeez, I need somebody like that in my company so I can do some of this. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds fun. This is, it sounds like, you know, uh, there's a lot of stickiness to that, right? You know, when you think of a company kind of putting on these events, hosting these events and making it fun for your members, you know, the, of the community, the users and, 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 I love it. It sounds like you did an amazing job there. I mean, we had a lot of fun along the way. It was certainly not without its challenges. Obviously, you know, pre-pandemic, a lot of folks were seeing huge numbers at these in-person events, right? They're seeing Mm -hmm. 50 folks who are showing up for the pizza and the beer and the networking. But then when you kind of like remove that layer, you know, in a virtual world, I would see our leaders getting very frustrated. They're like, you know, we used to have 50 folks, but now maybe it's more like 20. And you know, I think you mentioned this earlier, there is a lot of power in those like more intimate gatherings, right? You can really get into the nitty gritty, get into the weeds of stuff in a way that maybe you weren't able to when it was, you know, so, so big and massive. And so 
that was, I think, part of our coaching with them where I think they were worried that we were worried that maybe fewer humans were showing up, but it's, that's not really what it's about. Really. It's about, you know, making those connections, um, and keeping well, folks engaged and excited, you know, numbers are always kind of, you know, they're good to, Hey, we had a lot of people. Great. You know, but what, it, what kind of intimacy is there with 80 people? You know, it's a tough one, right? You know, yes. so I'm not saying numbers aren't important, but sometimes a gathering of 15 people, 20, uh, you know, is good because, or even less, you know, 10 people, 15, yep. because there's more of that, you know, uh, bond and, and relationships that you can start building. Uh, yeah. You want to just kind of hurry this up and we want all, we want hundreds of people. Oh my God. Thinking about, you know, our company or whatever. Yeah. How did you, the last thing, cause I think it's important because it yep. came to my mind is all these events, all these, whether it's on-site chapter or uh, virtual chapter kind of events, regionalized or on-site, or whatever, what was kind of the key, you know, metric metrics that you looked at? Obviously, numbers is important. Okay, got that one. Check. Uh, but is there anything else that you kind of looked at to say, hey, this gives us ROI? Did you look at leads? Then you'd send leads email. I don't know. How did that look? Yeah, I will say we weren't looking specifically at like leads from these events. I think yeah. what we do like to see is you know, are the same folks showing up to these events or are we seeing new faces? You know, mm. that's kind of how you continue to build momentum around these programs is like, you know, I told my colleague about it because I had such a great time and, you know, now they're a regular. So um, I think both like retention, just like folks coming back, but are there new faces in the fold? And I think also in a virtual uh, world, we kind of saw a ramp up on the number of events that these chapters were able to mm. hold, right? Because when you're in person, you have to book a venue, you have to, you know, get catering, you have to, you know, make sure your speakers are showing up on time, you know, and what have you. In a virtual world, there's a lot, you know, it's a lot lighter lift. You just kind yeah. of have to make sure you have the Zoom you know, you want to prep your speakers and get any swag codes in advance and stuff like that, but a lot less overhead, a lot less, um, you know, yeah, just being in, in the weeds of that kind of stuff. And so we saw a lot of chapters that ramped up just in the sheer like volume of events, which was wonderful yeah. to see. But um, yeah, we definitely saw an uptick there. And then, like I said, we were looking at, are we getting new faces? You know, are we growing the program, you know, reaching new eyeballs, that kind of thing. Got it. So retention is key. Uh, new faces, which is kind of like expansion. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so, but um, I do think that's a, a key thing. I, I like that is how do you, you know, when the same people coming over and over to some of these events, which is key because you know that they're one, they're probably your advocates of, you know, the product. Two is, you know, they're people, persons, but, you know, three is, is that they're the ones that could potentially expand their licenses yes. or their, you know, uh, footprint within the business and everything else and things like that. So, you know, that would be something I would keep an eye on, you know, if I was the leaders, like, all right, well, what is their renewal now? Or yep. what is, what is their, how much do they pay now? And what's the renewal later? You know, can we at least say community events, community has influenced that renewal, yes. you know? So, you know, that, those are the kind of things I would kind of try to push for, you know, it's hard to, in the beginning for any community, it's, it's really hard to me to, you know, one, how do we connect business systems together from community? Yes. How do we connect, you know, uh, 
you know, when you think of marketing, what they care about is new pipeline. And so they're looking at all these digital events that are going on, these digital activities that are going on. And, you know, how do I do the same with community, right? You know, how do I do that same digital kind of stuff connecting to say, hey, we're expanding the pipeline because community had a huge influence. Hey, we're, we're, um, you know, customers buy more because they attended all these events and did all these things. You know, we, we can at least prove that there's a huge influence that community brought. Mes- not necessarily, uh, you know, uh, the reason, because there could be yeah. like multi-touch reasons that, you know, it happens, you know, but those, you start getting into those kind of things, then community is going to live on forever. Yes. You know what I mean? That's, yeah. that's kind of the, I would say golden goose, but that's what we should aspire to do is just make sure that we can build dashboards to show that we're affecting either leads, pipeline, expansion, all those things. I, I think all those things that you said are important, but kind of as we had this first conversation at the very beginning is people don't, you, you don't have a community just to hang out with people. You know, it's not the, <laughs> there's a business reason to yes. do it. And, and we have to, as community leaders, in my opinion, um, make sure we connect some of those really uh, outcome business outcomes to our business and to the community so that we can stay successful. It's not easy. I promise you. I have a long ways to go myself, but <laughs> I think it's important to keep that in mind and try to focus in on that, you know? Totally agree. Totally agree. Erica, this has been great. I really appreciate it. <laughs> you know, I've had on. a great time. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I mean, I always have a great time and, you know, it's, you know, I think I said this in the beginning, if I didn't say it, you know, on the, on, on the episode, I did say it on the pre-show is, you know, I, I, this is the first time you and I had the opportunity to speak. Yep. Uh, um, you know, I see in the community space, I see on Twitter, I see you on LinkedIn, I see you speaking at certain things, but you know, we've never spoken. And, and, you know, when I reached out to you, I was like, she, she might even just ignore this. I don't know, but she didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so no way. I mean, you don't know you don't know like <laughs> people just either don't look at like Dan or maybe you don't you don't know what they do you know and so uh, I appreciate you coming on this has been really good and you know my goal is to have you on again uh, a number of times and by the way uh you did say that you know Elizabeth pretty well um Kinsey so she's director of Slack communities is that right Queen Queen Elizabeth she is yes making moves over at Slack yes she is, and I saw her at the well. On a, I think she was at some event or something on. Thought I saw it on Twitter. I don't know, but we'll have to talk about that later. Um, but maybe we'll have the three of us on at some point since you're already friends, and I'm sure the conversation is just going to go splendid. If you're I think that would be a great idea. <laughs> All right. Well, you got, I'm saying yes for her. <laughs> yeah, text her right after yep. this uh, yep. and say, "Hey, we're on Betzel's uh, podcast here." Um, so, well, as, uh, Erica, sound was Elizabeth, Jesus, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Erica, it's been really good to have you on the show. So thank you so much. Um, my name is Chris Detzel. Thank you for coming over, uh, for another peers over beers and you can say your name, Erica Moss. Thanks y'all. Erica Moss. <laughs> thank you.